What's up, world? Uh, it's your boy, Sway, from MTV News. The FC returns to the Teak, so we are... For episode 125 of Knifey Lion Radio. Ooh, baby, we are the gift. My name is Jonah, shipper of all things New Ope. Check your mailbox if you haven't yet. Joining me from the heart of Anderson Township, the man known to KLR fans and his wife is the Minuteman. It's editor-in-chief of The Post, Kevin Wallace. Oh, man, I, I wasn't ready for that. Uh, yeah, hi. Happy to be on. Uh, happy to get more than one minute. This is exciting. Spread my Spread my wings a little bit. You, uh, I gave you two minutes once, and you just, you know, if you give a mouse a cookie... I've been getting two minutes ever since. <laughs> that is true. I uh, Ever since you told me, it's your minute, do what you want with it, I said, I am no longer trying to fit this into 59 seconds. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of wishing for more wishes from the genie, but who am I to say no at this point? Uh, also, I don't even try to like make the music go longer. I just let it fade out and <laughs> just keep talking. I feel like it makes it more important. Like The music drops like, oh, Kevin's saying some real shit now. There's uh, no music. It worked really well when I did the uh, the Tom Brenneman uh, spoof or whatever, where it's just it's dead silent when I when I got real with it. It was great. Um, Tom Brenneman, I believe he went to Anderson High School. Think about uh, that. Yes, uh, he did. Which is <laughs> a, a glorious know. achievement for that school. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Today we're moving on. We'll parse. All the feelings felt watching FCC snatch a draw from the oh that's a tongue twister snatch a draw from the jaws of victory in the FCC recap <clears throat> today totally I can't even read I forgot this classic last week so I'll try to remember the FCC Man. of the week uh, wow Kevin's here you heard that so he doesn't need a minute we'll skip right to Popery folks. Zach, currently beachside on vacation right now, but you can take your own staycation inside the John Ark's Cave of Wonders. Uh, New Ope, gotta talk about New Ope. New Ope shipped, got the scarves, got the shirt, sent out all the bundles and the shirts, or the if you're a solo guy, you know, you just wanted a shirt, you just want a scarf, uh, which is honestly psychopathic, but... You know, you're still supporting the movement. I respect that. Uh, if you haven't gotten your scar- scarf or shirt or your bundle yet, you should be getting it Monday or Tuesday, Max. Uh, if you live on the east side, you might have gotten a hand-delivered O package from the Minuteman himself. Kevin, Ope hysteria is starting to take over. And honestly, as I uh, delivered some packages at Northern Row, I felt a little bit of FOMO from some folks looking at the Ope merch. Mm-hmm. Uh, everywhere I have worn my Ope shirt, uh, I've gotten nothing but compliments. Uh, my brother commented on the shirt, thought it was awesome, asked where he could order one. I sent him the link, and he never did, so it was wow. cool. Uh, he asked about it again last week. He missed the boat. Uh, but yeah, it was exciting to deliver uh, Eastside Anderson Ope packages to everybody. Uh, it was also really good getting... Uh, people's addresses. So, like, when they're talking <laughs> shit online, it's like, all right, all right, I know what's up. That's cool. Unfortunately, I think there was a memo on uh, do not order the Ope merch. 
that was very smart. If that if that was actually what, what Kevin will find you, uh, he's not that confrontational. It'll be a flaming bag of shit for sure. But I'm kidding. I'm the only one still blocked. Apparently, everybody else is living free and easy. There's breaking news. I just have to guess or switch to one of my ten other accounts. But I'm just gonna pretend that I, I'm just completely uh, in the dark. New Ope. Uh, when you wear your new Ope, new Ope, you wear it August seventh because that's the Ope out. FCC had. You know, scheduled. Uh, what do they call them? What do they call their uh... Uh, giveaways? Theme days? I don't know. <laughs> We're getting days. warmer. Definitely it's like spirit, spirit yeah, week. Spirit days. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like their promotions. I don't know. But they somehow forgot to do on August seventh after we'd already picked Ope out. So somebody up top, somebody knows where the bread is buttered, and uh, there will be a link eventually if you want to. You won't, you won't get original Ope prices, but uh, you'll be able to order, order an Ope shirt off Threadless if you really want to participate in uh, Ope Out 2021. Or if you've got an old Ope, Ope shirt, Ope, 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 Ope shirt, you can wear that too. But um, yeah, anyways, I usually ask Zach, you know, I want him to set the scene for me uh, Sunday night. How about you, Kevin? Give a scene setter for all the people who are, you know, they, uh, they see with their ears. So if you could auditorially uh, explain your situation right now where, so people where can really I am. picture things. Um, I'm sitting in my little office. I'm surrounded by three different laptops. Yes. Always exciting. <laughs> um, and a whole myriad of uh, cords and cables that I'm not oh. entirely sure what they do. Mm. Um, it's late night. The kids are asleep. The That's wife, my line. <laughs> the wife is asleep. You know, things, things are looking good. Uh, but down in the basement, so I, I can get a little wild down here. Sounds shouldn't hit him. A little Coach Goffy? Ooh, you know, you know, I got a beer fridge not too far away, so I, I can feel that. Um, someone should tell Subes it's okay to talk about another podcast, okay? We're not trading listeners anymore, all right? You've got your, your solid base, and Lord knows mine's not expanding at all, but... Uh... I don't know if I, I uploaded the wrong version first uh, to the podcast. So probably half people who listened to Kayla last week didn't get to hear my opener, which was Bill Wolf mentioning um, the Deckel smash on CST and Subs going, uh, yeah, that was on uh, KLR, a different podcast. You just say so, so crestfallen to have to talk about anytime he's had to say the word, the initials KLR, he just, oh. it seems so down in the dumps. Why, Subs? Why? Gotta keep your, uh, your podcasting network clean, right? So they have like whatever 15 <laughs> podcasts at this point. So you gotta make sure that, uh, no, no strays get into the, uh, into the litter there. I was thinking it's not gonna be this episode because I'm not prepared, but, uh, I'm going to do one without any cussing. Now, does that mean I'm not going to cuss or am I going to mute them all or bleep them all? Because uh, I think there's a lot of fucking, I caught my son dropping the F-bomb. My other son said, well, you say it on the podcast. And my first Ooh. question is, when are you listening to the podcast? <laughs> Weirdo. It's like you wouldn't understand literally anything I'm talking about. It's like, oh, dad's crushing it with all those fucks. Gotta love it. Um, speaking of CST, uh, my place setter. Not for the game, for uh, where I am right now, but at the game, uh, I'm, I'm pretty close to the middle on uh, Sunside front row. And I look down, who do I see? I see, uh, I see Ken, the man with the numbers. I see Boston, the man with the takes. And then who else? Fucking Subs, right under me. I mean, I could have spit on their head. Like I wouldn't want to spit on them. I'm not saying. I'm just saying I was in the. I was in. Let's say popcorn throwing range, like right there. Uh, I had a f my friend with me, Alex Coons. If he's listening, shout out to him. As they get quiet for the anthem, 
top of his lungs screams, fuck Columbus. <laughs> uh, everyone turns around. I'm the first, I'm in the front row. So everyone at the bottom looks up and sees my dumb face. And then again, he's like, fuck Columbus. <laughs> this old lady goes, hey, there's children around. And he's like, screw Columbus. And she's like, it's a little better. Um, but then I'm yelling at, we score the first goal. I'm hyped. I look down, I see Subs. I'm like, Subs. You can't see me, but I'm making motions to my arms. Subs. Fucking nothing. And uh, I don't, Subs, could you tell me, say it on the podcast. I know you won't. Were you ignoring me? Did you really not hear me scream Subs? I couldn't have been any closer. I just, I, mean, I just wanted to wave. If he's going to ignore you, you got to, you know, Detroit City, that guy next game. You know, you gotta, <laughs> gotta launch a loogie from, from the upper deck. It's like, has anyone felt less bad for someone when a Detroit City person says, someone spit on me from above? I'm like, honestly, it seems yeah. like. <laughs> That's all that happened? <laughs> I hate to say asking for it, but kind of asking for it. Uh, yeah, so Subs, next time, if I'm above and I'm screaming, please look at me, okay? That's all I need is a little... A little acknowledgement. Let's get into the fucking recap, all right? Sorry. <clears throat> FCC recap. Columbus comes to town for 2021's first installment of Hell is Real. Down 11 players to injuries and international duties. Crew fans had excuses ready to roll as they arrived in Cincy against a juggernaut who has yet to earn a single point at home. Ugh, lots of spit. Starting lineup remained the same as last week. Kevin, give me your emotions, anxiety, and or expectations in the immediate buildup to the game Friday night? Uh, so my mind was mostly on the TIFO, and I did not get to help as much as I wanted to, but I, I made it down a couple nights. Um, so my anxiety was more in hoping that this TIFO gets deployed properly. And then uh, once that happened, that's when the nerves of the game hit me. I was like, oh, God, I hope we don't lose this. Like, it just like I suddenly became like a fan again at that point. It was like, oh, oh, I'm feeling this right now. Um, one thing that did hit me, I know, I know uh, KLR is classic for uh, reactions to the lineup. Um, FCC's lineup, fine, made sense, unchanged from last week. Uh, but I was surprised for all of the talk of the number of players Columbus was missing, uh, the number of actual contributors and starters that they had in uh, in this lineup. Like Waylon Francis, Harrison Offal, uh, Pedro Santos, Darlington Nagby, Zella Rayon, uh, even Jonathan Mensah and uh, the Eastern European guy. Like, those are their regular starters. Like, yes, they didn't have Zardes. <laughs> it, yes. it was just like Zardes. <laughs> right. Zardes in, in room, the the keeper who has also been missing plenty of time the last year or so. Um, and yeah, they had like Perry Kitchen stepping in in the midfield. MLS veteran, like very capable player. And same with Evan Bush, MLS veteran. So um, yeah, I, I went into this mindset of like, oh my God, they're going to be running out academy kids. And then I saw the lineup. I was like, ah, that's actually an okay team. I don't know. Um, that's not what I thought we were getting. No, they were, they have a, a San Diego loyal. Is that their team? Is that, yes. their, is that bizarre? <laughs> it seems yes. slightly bizarre. Like it literally <laughs> couldn't be further away, which I mean, whatever, but, uh, kind of strange. Yeah. I, as well, saw they were recalling a bunch of people from, uh, San Diego loyal and they signed, they traded for the guy who, uh, doesn't want the vaccine. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he can't, basically can't play in Canada. They're like, okay. And uh, I love there's someone 
defending him on Twitter was like, he's not anti-vax. He just doesn't want to get it. I was like, why doesn't he want to get it? Like, play that scenario out in your head. What are you talking about? Like, he just doesn't trust him or like him. Like, that's what we're all talking about. That's anti-vax. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, but yeah, you see the feel. I, I assumed it was going to be worse when, you know, you see, I wasn't like, going over it with a fine tooth comb, but all their players, you saw Zardis and then however any other players like, Oh God, like I actually expect Cincinnati to beat this team. And then you see him on the field. I'm like, okay, most dangerous, uh, one of the most dangerous players in MLS, uh, yeah. <laughs> former, uh, defensive player of the year. Um, who is it? Uh, what's Pedro San- Santos who drilled yeah. one of the greatest goals against SEC two years ago. Like they look pretty yeah. fucking stacked <laughs> to me. And, um, I'm trying to remember that when, you know, I would like, that's part of the narrative already is that we lost, we gave up two goals up a man against this Columbus B team. But I think we can not, can we call them not the B team? Just call them slightly dinged A team, maybe? Yeah, I'm seeing, you know, in terms of the actual play, like they had three starters missing. Like, yeah, their bench was probably a little lighter than they would have liked, but I mean... Missing we're missing three two starters. starters. Yeah, we're we're missing two for international call ups, and we never really replaced Loka yet. So like, we're also down three guys. Also, is Vermeer really? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Castillo is actually going to be an upgrade. Right, right. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> I will say the Tifo thing is a hundred percent true. I'd say the first time I got a little bit, I was realizing what was happening. I was running in by myself, uh, like Ezra Charles and end zone and and <laughs> entrance and um i got caught in the columbus march in oh. and like i was like oh yeah i was like this is like a this is right. the first home game we've had i i mean i'm sure there's like a a, a spackle of is that a word a spackle of yeah. away fans for other games but probably not really just like a handful this is the first time there was an honest to goodness away section i was like oh yeah this is important but my mind was Entirely on the TFO, of which I'd spent, I don't know, 30, oh. 40 hours of the past week and a half. Yeah. And just like, I was like, either, I was like, if this TFO fucks up, I just, I hated it because the Columbus fans were there. And so right. that was just making me so anxious that this thing rips, Gary doesn't come up at all. And they're just like, that was became more important than the game is them having that over us. Like, look at you losers, even though they couldn't even do their TIFO because they're afraid of something happening. Um, but so once that happened, yeah, I was, I was raring to go and there wasn't much adjustment between TIFO coming down and uh, that first goal. You can actually see in the video, they're still like trying to pile yeah. up the, the TIFO into a, a wad. It was in, uh, it was incredible. And I, I do want to back up and say, um, cause I, I would not expect you to, to brag about yourself in this way that the TIFO does not get done without you, Jonah. Um, mm. I was there for, uh, for one of the tracing nights and, um, the pure chaos that that was, uh, in what we actually got for the end product, uh, was incredible. And, uh, yeah, that, that's not happening without you and the effort you put into that. So, um, I know whenever a TIFO is done, it always I always feel a little silly, like, wow, that was a, a lot of man hours went into one minute of display. But um but no, that was incredible. And yeah, the uh the TIFO did not get down very quickly before that goal happens. Um so I was in the Bailey for the match and I was uh 
just to the right of the goal if you're looking at the field. So I was not under the TIFO, but I was near the TIFO. And you could hear the whole middle section is screaming for them to get the TIFO down <laughs> because the ball is coming down. Acosta's sort of playing with the end line there. Um, and, yeah, they just got it down just in time for the uh, the whole entire Bailey to see that first goal. Um, but, yeah, that was – that was maybe the most hyped I've been for an FCC match outside of the uh, Chicago Fire Open Cup win. Um, the TIFO being dope as hell, the buildup, the goal 20 seconds in, like, ah, oh, I could have left right there. I would have gotten my money's worth. That was incredible. Uh, it was insane. Two people sitting next to me had not even come up the steps yet oh. to the seats and um you know, that's on them. Like, I, I'm always in my seat and I'm looking at the clock like 40 minutes to go and I'm sitting there. And then you get people who are like buying beer at the very last second coming up. Well, this is it finally paid off for me, baby. <laughs> just waiting for that. And yeah, I just fucking lost all um, just all sense of my body at the moment. And it was it was amazing. It was amazing. Strike Edgar Castillo, literally the last person you would think would score a goal. I'm going to look it up right now. I know it's not important, but I always check every week because I think it's hilarious. On FanDuel Sportsbook, they give the anytime <laughs> goal scoring odds for a player. And it's always funny to me because Ben Mines is always like fourth highest odds to score. So like whoever's doing it is not really checking on things um, too intently. But I can't – like you would never bet on it because you'd be a fucking – You'd be, uh, you should play the lottery if that's, yeah, if that's the case. No. But, uh, Edgar Castillo scoring just the odds had to be, uh, fucking incredible. And, um, they review, they look like they were going to review it for a second. I didn't know what was going on, but it almost seemed like I was just so excited about it that I was like, oh, they will try to take, uh, take this away. Oh. Um, it was really close to going out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was telling my, my dad, who I brought to the game, I was like, Don Garber better make a call to, to these officials and let this goal stand. Like, it is, it is too important for the market as a soccer market that this goal stands uh, than whatever might have happened with that ball. Because uh, that stadium was feeling it there. And, uh, yeah, I would definitely put money on Vermeer scoring a goal before Castillo. Like, absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> I could see it. Also, um, it was perfect because the crew section, and this isn't me giving them credit, I really think it's a, a credit to, uh, who is it, Populous, whoever designed the inner yeah. bowl of the stadium. <laughs> the section is quite loud just because the stadium is loud. Unfortunately, we only get to hear it, the full stadium, the full effect when we're doing, like, FCC yeah, uh, on a free kick or um, after a goal or the first time we do like Cincinnati, here we go. But so they're chanting. It's like having a mini Bailey in the corner and it's fucking loud because it's you can hear it bouncing off the roof. And just that mm. goal, just immediately quieting them was uh, was a real blessing. And uh, yeah, I mean, when's the last time we felt that in person? Oh. Yeah, My guess uh, was crew away, but yeah, I mean, crew crew away going up two nothing. That was that was pretty hype. <laughs> if you uh, if you had made that trip um, before that, I mean, it was literally the Houston game in 2019 where FCC was 
Were we up two goals at that point? I know it was a three-goal game. Um, I forget the exact script of that one. I remember it being... I think it might have been 3-0, and then they scored two, and it really felt it like they were going to score a third. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. not much has changed, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't know what happens for the next few minutes. Obviously, I'm on cloud nine. The 24th minute, we get it back in the box, and uh, Lucho takes the ball. That looks like um, Atongo's trying, kind of trying to play. He just comes onto it and slightly curls it to the far post, past the keeper, two nothing. Like that's, I lost my voice after that goal. It didn't matter what happened to the rest of the game. I'm staring at the crew fans the entire time. I'm so far away. They have no. They probably can't even tell. I'm looking in their direction. I'm doing the hand to the ear. I'm making the jerk off motions. There's two old people to my right. I felt bad for them because I'm just going fuck you. I'm just like slamming things, just push punching the air. I'm subs, subs. I'm checking on subs. He's ignoring me. But uh, it was just too good to be true. And it was at that point I thought about Stom and I was like, oh, he's fucking loving this. He's like, Stom out. Fuck you. Yeah. Nothing. It's the crew. Uh, you know, not knowing what was to come, but uh, how was the barley feeling after that orgasmic uh, second goal? Oh, it, it was incredible. It was, you know, we, we don't have a lot of history in TQL, but it was definitely the best environment uh, the Bailey's had so far. Um, it was rocking the, the, Everybody was singing and clapping. The flags were going like right when they needed to. Um, it was it was incredible. And yeah, like I'm sitting there, you know, uh, sort of the uh, the ringleader of the Stom Out Circus, and I'm thinking, damn, I really had this guy wrong. Like they really <laughs> just needed a little bit more time. Like holy shit, we're gonna put up like five or six on these guys. <laughs> like this is going to be. You know the the uh, the coming out party for uh, FCC as a as a good MLS team as a playoff team. Like, oh my god, I'm, I'm already like playing out the scenarios for the rest of the year. Like, all right, like if we can if we can carry this momentum, <laughs> like we could we could host a playoff game. That's easy. Oh like, yeah, it's I'm already thinking it all the way out. <laughs> I was thinking I was like, uh, it was so greedy at that point. I, I I hate myself for believing. I was like I was like, all right. Let's get like let's get Brenner one now. Yeah, like, let's try to get Brenner one as if like we're just taking turns like in this fucking Germany versus Brazil situation. I'm like, all right, Brenner's turn, and yeah. uh, I don't know how it exactly flipped, but before that, before um, Columbus makes their comeback, the ref. We're already Ooh. every home game. I've been on the ref. I just feel like they've been weird every game at the least or inconsistent. This one, some crazy tackles. Um, Mensa, the one, my tweet that's still getting retweeted and liked because people love looking at the ankle get stepped on, <laughs> totally misses the ball, swings, cleats straight into um, Atanga's ankle. He goes down. Ref comes over, gives a card to uh, Awful for his clip on Brenner, which I don't even, yeah. it wasn't replay worthy. I was like, all right, yeah, that's a foul. Sure. Mensa comes away scot free. Uh, he had a couple more of those. You can see them all on, uh, you know, MLS does those fair, foul, like red card review things. Uh, they went over all of them. Um, and then, I don't know, however many minutes later, Mensa with a really dumb challenge just rides the back of FCC player, gets his second yellow, gets his red card. So you want to say it's just, but Mensa's for me, is a straight red, and he's probably their best defender 
Um, but I don't trust I don't trust those bi- those basketball shorts he wears. Why are his <laughs> shorts so much baggier than ever? Like, how does he? Because he doesn't want the waist extra big. Like, what size are they special ordered just for him? I don't know. I look at them and I'm like, that can't help your play. It's like <laughs> Greg Oden on that Ohio State team back in the day. But um, so we go up a man, got the two goal lead. I oh. mean, the table set. Like I said, I was already believing. At that point, you're like, all right, they're going <laughs> to Columbus. Uh, they're just going to put their tail between their legs and that'll be that. And uh, I, am I wrong for thinking at the time that it was even with this FCC team, I briefly believed we had this game just tucked away nicely? No, no. I was already doing the math on how many goals I thought we could score. Like I was I was ready to, to just see this this team just just dominate Columbus. Um, and I'll say, too, like especially in those first 20 minutes, I saw a cohesive offensive plan that was working. And it was it was playing to Brenner's style, which was just get the ball in the box and make a bunch of small passes to each other, like constantly moving, constantly dinking and dunking the ball to, to each other, and eventually somebody will get space. Um, and it almost worked a, a couple of times. And... I was like, oh my God, we're playing to Brenner's strengths and we're playing to Acosta's strengths and Bariel and Atanga can do this. Um, and then you keep Kubo and Madungan in outside of the box to to keep the passes going. Castillo and, and Jao are, are maintaining the pressure there. The the high press was working. It was like, oh my God, this is it. We're, we're just going to put their defense in a pressure cooker and wait for one of these short little passes to find somebody in space. Um yeah, the red card, uh, the crowd's hyped as hell. I've oh my god, you could not have felt better as an FCC fan. You haven't lost in what two weeks now? Three matches. Um, sad Columbus fans in the corner. Oh, it, you could feel the everything. sadness. You could just feel it. Oh, the the energy that they had, like you <clears throat> said, was just completely sucked out by that first goal. Like they had to make a long drive. They probably made it that day. Um, to watch your team give up a goal instantly. It's just like, oh, fuck. That was an hour-long drive or whatever. Like, I took time off of work for this shit. Like A Friday? You, had to, you probably had oh. to leave work early. Yeah. Um, uh, You know, wasn't to be, unfortunately. <sighs> That's what's yeah. so upsetting is uh, they really got, the, they got their fans, they got their life back in the stoppage time of the first half. A ball flies out to uh, Zellerion who rips it. I'm assuming you would hope based on the way he reacted. Vermeer was like screened off. And then when he finally did see it, um, you know, he just stood there and went in the corner. I mean, it was a hard rip shot, but it's one of those ones, you know, sometimes you're watching tennis and you're like, well, I didn't even go for that. And then they show like the field level and you're like, yeah, okay. There's no way he would have gotten that, but it's just hard when he's from that far out to see him not move. And I, from the replay, it really does look like there might be two FCC players blocking him, but it almost made it stunned you for a second, him not moving. Like you're looking around, yeah. like did that just happen? Like was that a legit goal? And um, at that point, you're like, all oh, right, they still have uh, capable players yeah, of yeah. <laughs> putting it together. Um, so halftime, you know, they go off to you know excitedness, but not quite as excited as we would have been before. Plus, we've got we've shown that we don't know how to play with a lead very well, and. Um, 
it's all kind of a blur exactly how we played. I thought we did have a few times where we had decent possession. Other times, it's like we were sending too many people up and playing too far back at the same time. I was just like getting anxious and upset yeah. about everything. And I told everyone around me, I was like, I just don't want Vermeer to be involved in this game. Because like, <laughs> if we notice him, like, I'm just scared of what's going to happen. And uh, it was the 77th minute. They play a fantastic through ball to apparently a guy named Miguel Barry. He, for me, he was there, Vasquez, who came on and yep. made the run. Uh, I'd love to see uh, Brenner get on the end of one of those, you know, riding the oh. offside line and getting a one-on-one with the keeper. One of these days, baby. One of these days he's going <laughs> to do that. And um, slots it not that high, but right over a sliding Vermeer. And on that second one, you know, they say to make yourself big. I'm like, he made himself long. Or he made himself wide, but right. he didn't seem particularly big. And that goes in, and Columbus fans are just, like, ejaculating all over everybody. And I was just so upset. And then I was like, I don't know how we're going to turn it on to score at this point. And my mind immediately went to, don't blow this tie. But uh, right. what are you thinking when we go when they tie it up 2-2? Uh, when they at? tie it up, you know, it <clears> – <throat> The game at that point had pretty much followed the script that has become all too common uh, this this season, uh, which is FCC starts off hot for 20 minutes. Um, if they can score a goal in this point, great. If not, we're kind of shit out of luck. Uh, then we spend the next, let's call it 40 minutes or so, just playing defense, uh, trying to defend either a lead or what was our momentum. Um, and then the last 20 minutes or or so, we, we tend to turn it back on and, uh, and just rip shots uh, as, as many as we can. Um, yeah, I really felt like the man advantage would get us the win, even with, even with them drawing, because I saw both goals as kind of fluky. I mean, yeah, the, uh, the second goal, I mean, was – yeah, as as good as a goal would score, you could score that goal with two guys on the field. Um, that that that's gonna happen. Uh, but I really felt like you know we had a plan, we were going forward, and then and then I was reminded that old old Franco Kovacevic is how I'm choosing to pronounce that. I don't know. <laughs> you refused to do the che. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Then I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> we're we're playing for a tie here. This guy's useless. It um. <sighs> There was two. There was a few times where I was like, "Yeah, this is like we had the ball for a while, we're just kicking it side to side." But kind of near the half line, I'm like, "Okay, this is the man advantage." And then there's other times where it's like, it was harder to tell that we had a man yep. advantage. And I'm, you know, I'm not the expert, so like I can't exactly tell why. But yeah, I don't think they had a bunch of sustained offensive threats where you're like, "Oh, it wasn't." Someone said something about the Nashville game, and the Nashville game to me, did not resemble this game in any way besides the main advantage. Nashville game, we were literally like just holding on for dear life as they pelted shots and crosses in. And that wasn't really what was happening. Right. Uh, like you said, the first goal is kind of freaky. It was an amazing hit. And he, you know, if Vermeer doesn't have someone blocking him, you'd think he could get out and get a hand on it. Uh, the second one, they play a perfect through ball that kind of didn't, wasn't part of a buildup, just kind of, it happened. But that's just the kind of shit that, happens to us where like it only takes an instance we lose the ball the second we lose the ball you're like oh god you know with other teams you lose the ball you don't immediately think we're going to get scored on and that's kind of the feeling with this it ends to to um mercifully and you know there's a lot of 
mixed opinions. You know, I might be too close to some of the harsher of the opinions, like uh, <laughs> our friend Matt Brew. And I, I don't remember what your thoughts were right after the game. What were you? What was your initial? What What was your big takeaway? If you were like to sum up your, your yeah. feeling at the when the whistle blew at the end. I mean, it it I'm so conflicted because. If this were any other team, just sort of in the abstract, I would have been so frustrated with the players for not seeing this game out, for not losing, you know, for for having lost their focus, uh, for not being able to, you know, just play with the advantage you have. Like, if they're down a guy, yeah, keep passing the ball side to side. Make them run all game until you tire them out. Um I don't know. Maybe it, maybe five substitutions really reduces what a one man advantage is in soccer. Maybe that's something to to look into mm-hmm. later. I don't know, but um, it's hard to tire out a team if you can sub out <laughs> half the team at that point. You hate uh, the five subs, don't you? I hate the five subs so much. <laughs> so if this can add to your narrative, I, I'm going to add it to my narrative yeah. regardless of whether or not the FCC three points. Yeah. Um, but man, like if you were, if you were giving, you know, this game helps Stom's case, this game hurts Stom's case, this game really hurts Stom's case of not being able to coach his team up, not being able to make the adjustments for not being able to make the right substitutions or even not make subs. Like I know, you know, that it's a long season, you got to rotate, but if you've got a man advantage against your rival at home and the next game up is a mid-table team that you seem to have their number, I don't know. I, I'd maybe just try to see it out, keep that pressure on them. Um, I mean, I don't know if guys were asking to come out. I don't know where their fitness levels really were, but um, yeah, like this, it's not good. And I really think this Montreal game will actually be really revealing as to uh, where where this team and where Stom is. Yeah, I, I posted their last five games as on MLS. I was pretty shocked. It was like, win, win, draw, draw, win. I was like, oh, I haven't been <laughs> Just because yeah. we beat them all the time, I'm like, oh, Montreal must be uh, just right above us, which I don't know. They might be near us in the standings, but, yeah, they've been doing well. So it's not – I'm confident just because they've not proven they can beat us, but uh, they look like they're actually a good team. Um, yeah, I was thinking about it. <clears throat> as I laid in my bed that night because <laughs> like brew is so mad and he was so bad that people weren't as mad as him. Yeah. Some people were, I was pretty much sad about it, but I was thinking, you know, I was getting real deep about it. Maybe this is too, uh, what do they say? Esoteric of me. But, uh, the way I felt after the second goal for me, I think, outweighs how bad I felt at the end of the game. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the end of the game is like the lasting memory, but like I've had so little um, of those feelings for so long. Yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah. like so overjoyed at that moment. And then I was like thinking, uh, this is like Zach always says, like just make it entertaining at least because the games have not been like, you don't even, there are times you don't even want to watch the teams, which is like last year, it's the dregs of the empty stadium season. Yeah. There's a team, and I, you know, this is as low as you can, the bar is very low, but like this is a team that like I, I enjoy, or I know there's things to look forward to watching. And I couldn't, I just couldn't be as mad like as Brew wants me to be. And I'm like, he's like, has a team gone up a man or has a team gone down a man and come back from two goals? I'm like, you know, 
maybe not. Unfortunately, <laughs> it didn't feel crazy. <laughs> like yeah. watching the game, it didn't feel like this, you know, this can't happen. Then you're watching it. I was like, yeah, it happened the way it happens. But it feels like a thing that just happened to a team, not this like very FCC thing, even though it was. But it felt like an okay team fucking blowing it against a good team that was not as good as they normally are. But just overall, you know, I'm just... Maybe I'm getting too old for this shit, but I just <laughs> I felt overall I'm just like I'm still like I'm okay as far as Stom like yeah let's just keep let's just keep doing what we're doing and things will get better but yeah. uh, I guess I'm an apologist now but yeah. that's what they get they made me feel something and I was I, that was my takeaway I was just happy I was happy to have these emotions <laughs> so it's, it's a good movie I, I like I don't think there's a world on any team maybe maybe a uh, crazy team in Brazil would would have fired a manager after that game. I don't think there's a lot of clubs in our position that would be firing Yapstam after that game. I'd be fucking hilarious though. I mean, (laughs) mean, could you imagine that? I mean, college football, it might, it's like, you know, if you can't beat your rival, then like you you could salvage a a shitty season with a win there. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, if Ohio State lost to lost to Michigan in, in that well, way. Well, Jim Harbaugh just keeps keeps on coaching. I don't want to step on our next uh, <laughs> segment, but like if they fired Yap to, today, I'd be like, you gotta respect that. <laughs> right, right. I don't even think it'd be a good idea. I'd be like, wow. <laughs> the ambition like Carl showed, just like yeah. yeah, he hadn't been paying attention. Then looked at some earlier results. Like, wait, what the fuck? This isn't right. But uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. But I think I think it's fair to say. Um, and if if somebody out there disagrees with this, I'd love to hear the counter argument. But it's I, I think you could say that a better coach than Stom would have this team playing a lot better, and a better a better general manager. You'd probably feel more confident in this uh, transfer window in making this team better. Now. That is probably always true, but I guess maybe a way to phrase it would be like, if you gave me an average MLS GM, I would probably trust their signings more than Nightcamps at this point. And if you gave me an average MLS manager, I think they do really well with the talent already acquired. And I know those two points contradict a little bit, but I think that's where I'm at with this. It's just like, it would not be hard to improve from where we are. I mean... Just imagine if Mocha Joe was good. Right. right. I, like, I haven't seen him be horrible. I'll say that. Like, early on, there was a few times, like, this guy is off the pace for sure. Yeah. And then he kind of just settled into this kind of, I don't know, Caleb Stanko-ish thing. Mm-hmm. Where he's just kind of out there, and I wasn't, like, really thinking one way or another about him. But the fact that he can't get in any of these games where you're, like... If he was the guy we thought or they said he was, like he's locking this game down, like in the midfield. And right. not that maybe he couldn't stop these two goals, but like you're like, don't worry, we got Bacocho coming in. <laughs> he's going to yeah. fucking tear shit up. But like he's not even an option. And I, he's making so much money. I'm like, how bad does he look that he can't sniff the field in a position that we could probably use the help with? Right. And, a game like that, you know, again, you got a man advantage and you had the lead for, you know, huge stretches of that game. Um, yeah, taking off one of your attackers for a midfielder is exactly how you would see out that game. You would increase your advantage in the midfield 
so that you always had an extra man to cut off passes and you always had an extra man to make passes. You don't need to necessarily attack, but you don't want to take away all of your attacking threat. And yeah, a box-to-box midfielder with championship experience, uh, a guy you're paying a million dollars a year to come play soccer, that is exactly who you should be putting in there. Not the unproven German fourth division Croatian <laughs> youth player hey, to hey. go play on the wing. Um, he was born to win, baby. You <laughs> seen his neck. It's born to draw, I think. I would yeah. love to see a, a Photoshop of that one on there. <laughs> um a- but yeah, like that's, I don't know. There's Mocha Joe, man. <laughs> what a disappointment. <laughs> and uh, I, I was making fun of this the other week with Zach about his interview with Steck when he was like, I'm a nice guy, but when I get in the game, I turn into an animal. <laughs> and I was like, has anyone ever described themselves more poorly than like, <laughs> he like, he seems very passive almost out there I, I mean i've it's been a while since we've seen him play but it was like you, you didn't see him out there and you weren't like he's an animal honestly caleb stenko is more of an animal he comes in and immediately like oh god he's about to get a yellow card like within a minute of coming <laughs> yeah. in the field he's just fucking flying recklessly but uh i mean i if he's not good enough to play that's just really <laughs> it's really sad how'd you think uh i actually liked i mean harris we all know he's old and slow, but I i mean, I enjoyed a lot of the Harris experience and he was on his horse a lot for however yeah. slow he is. He was he was not like just standing and making other people run and pointing. He was legit like he was out there. He was sprinting around and he was trying to make stuff happen. So I'm glad he at least yeah. he makes money, too. So I'm glad we can at least get some yeah. some use out of him still. He's. Uh, he really impressed in this game, and maybe this is his new role where he is, yeah, you know, the every two games, every three games sort of sub. Um, and it worked well. Like he did a lot of what Cruz does, just without the sort of going forward uh, part of Cruz's game. But it wasn't needed, you know. Normally, two goals up a man uh, should I should see out a game. Um, uh, but yeah, his passing is great. Him and Cameron. Uh, both can hit these really long through balls that are deadly. Um, and there were a few times this game where Brenner didn't make a run that somebody expected. I think once, especially Cameron and uh, the attacking front three can get on the same page on timing these runs, uh, there's there's definitely some goals to be had. And Harris was absolutely contributing to that. That was great. Uh, yeah, I don't... I haven't you know, talked the tactics out and looked at the two goals we gave up. But in general, I feel like Jeff Cameron, he, he couldn't possibly for me be doing any better than you would have hoped when we signed him. I think people were like, yeah, he's probably going to be pretty good. He's still playing um, at the championship level. And people were just bummed because, you know, of his Instagram and stuff. But yeah. I mean, he's been I don't know what else could you want from like bringing in an old veteran He's he's one on one so often. There's one time he slipped. I don't know if you remember that in the second half where yeah. like my throat, you know, my heart dropped. <laughs> my heart was in my throat, whatever the expression is. But uh somebody else was covering him. But every other time you're one on one, you feel pretty confident and you didn't feel that way with any other center back we've had. And it's just amazing to watch. He'd probably be our best 
I don't know the numbers, but he'd probably be our best six and our best eight too if they'd moved him <laughs> during yeah. the game. So, so he'll randomly like four way four a forward, and I'm like, just go, Jeff, yeah. just fucking go. You know you want to. Uh, I don't know how sustainable it is for him. Like by the end of the year, he's going to be fucking, I don't know, crippled after playing all these games. But uh, what else yeah. could you want from Jeff Cameron? There's not much to say about him. He's just he's so reliable, and that's one thing that just makes me uh takes a little of my anxiety away watching these games, even though we're still blowing things like this. Yeah. He's so confident in those one-on-one situations. Like he, he's very good at making a very smart stab and just ending an attack in just one move of his foot. It's really, really cool to see. Um, and yeah, I, I know like earlier this year, like before this window opened, there were like rumors that we were still chasing a, like a DP center back or a high level center back. And I, I thought that was crazy, but then, yeah, the more I think about it, it's like, yeah, Cameron would be incredible in the midfield. Like, let's let's let him screw up a little bit. Like, let's see how far we can take him. Patterson's like, this is a great idea, guys. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Also, uh, how do you feel watching Chiellini after those uh, wild oh, FCC rumors? This whole, like, he's too old, and you're watching him. You're like, oh, this yeah. whole tournament. I'm like. Can him and Cameron back him there, in? just yeah. like the oldest two center backs, but yet like you can't get by him. Like this is fucking great. Oh, drive people nuts, uh, <clears throat> and then have Kubo right in front of him, just doing all the things that Kubo does nowadays. <laughs> oh, it'd, be, it'd be incredible. Um, but that's also like you saw Chiellini just like stomp out a couple of Raheem Sterling runs, mm-hmm. or just like he's like no, and then so you're thinking. Mensa is, I guess, that guy for them. Uh, their center back. It's like if he's out there, like that's Acosta lives on those little runs inside. So you know, sliding doors. All I'm saying, Mensa red card, four more goals, lock it in. Uh, no way to deny it. Um, Atanga gets fucking absolutely um, hammered in his ankle, but you know, without rewatching the game, just my memories of him, just in general, game by game. I still hear some doubters like, well, is he actually really doing anything? But for me, he just, he seems like he's just like a regular player, which is after the way he started every week, I'm just like worried less and less about him. I'm like, yeah, Atanka. He doesn't seem like you're worried he was going to be like a young version of Makocho where you're like, why did we bring this guy in? And he got buried on the bench for weeks. But now he seems like, yeah, you run him out there every fucking week and don't have to think about it too much yeah i'd, I'd say i mean I'll, I'll be the first one to to doubt our team's soccer leadership here but uh it really hit on this window like atanga viasia cameron um i mean vermeer is what vermeer is but he hasn't <laughs> been hasn't been miserable i don't think he's lost a game for us i think that's fair to say um He's riding the line. He is. (laughs) He's one bad game away from just all everybody sitting on the fence from just falling. I mean, he's been a net positive on just the excitement of the team. You can't (laughs) take that away from him. That's true. Um, But yeah, so that's that's been going well. I was looking at a passing map uh, after the game um, of FCC. I always like to see like what our what our actual shape looks like with the numbers. And uh, according to this passing map, not a single pass was completed between Atanga and Brenner. That feels like something that should not be happening. So, how many passes are just completed to Brenner in general? Uh, uh, okay, so between Acosta and Brenner, I've just pulled it up here. Uh, it had 19 passes. Wow. So, 
I uh, feel like there is a genuine thing between like the guys who you see as friends on like Instagram. Yeah. It's like Acosta, Barrial, and Brenner are like, and Matarita when he's out there. It's like they just want to play with each other. <laughs> like they don't need anybody else. I mean, they do, but like in their mind, it's just yeah. like they got their own thing going. And, you know, it's better than nothing. I'm glad they have guys that they're bros with, but like it really does seem like they're on their own team at some points <laughs> and uh you know if it starts leading to goals that's good i did see a few times brenner riding um that line like the offsides line and kind of mm-hmm. trying to bend into a run a few times he didn't get it which would have been like an insane cross field pass that joe jow will hopefully never attempt because i have no <laughs> confidence to be able to complete it but then you know kind of like getting upset but like yeah keep doing that keep trying to make the runs and eventually hopefully someone's gonna get it to you um in the right place but uh yeah it seemed this time he was he was trying so i'll give him that uh barial he's still amazing um he's the most probably consistent player out there obviously acosta is uh he is who we thought he was but i mean we don't have to name every single player on the year but let's pick hair let's i know how we can talk about a player who did well i don't know if you ever gotten to do this kevin it's uh you get to pick your fcc of the week and um, you know what? I'm going to let you go first. And as usual, from a couple weeks ago, first place gets $5,000 gift card to Top Golf, the only place where FCC players like to play Top Golf <laughs> out there by IKEA. So, Kevin, you got to only pick one. Who are you oh, going to make man. your FCC man of the week? If I can only pick one, um, maybe it's uh, maybe it's too chalk here, but it's got to be Acosta. Uh, the game went through Acosta. As Acosta went, the game went. Um, yeah, I mean, he scores the goal. He he really did all of the work on Castillo's goal as well. Um, yeah. Incredible. Still trying to nutmeg everyone. Yeah, of course. Um, and honestly, it's working, man. Like, just keep doing whatever <laughs> you're doing. We'll build the rest of the team around that. <laughs> um, yeah, get us in a U.S. Bring the U.S. Open Cup game back just so we can play a USL team in a... Acosta cannot make some dudes. Make sure he starts that. Uh, that's a good one. I will say about Edgar Castillo, he's not my man of the week, but like he's kind of. I think my wife pointed it out. He was. It's she's like, how is he so wide open? I was like, this is just. This is like the the funny thing about the Hoyt thing was always open. It's because like. When the ball's on one side of the field, the fullback on the other side is always going to be open. Like yeah. almost yeah. without without fail, whoever it is, especially if they're not, let's say, um, Matarita or you know some some someone you might yeah. play as a wing back or something, they're going to be open. So he's on our side of the field. He's wide open. He's calling. <laughs> I appreciate it. He's fucking now. He's calling for the ball like on the offensive half. I'm like Castillo, a little pep in his step <laughs> after his goal. But like, they're like, he's so wide open. I'm like, yeah, because you have to hit a fucking 40 yard ball to him. And by the time his slow ass gets it, there's going to be somebody on him. So like, what's the point of switching? But uh, good for him. He scored the goal. And I will say he has not been the first game he played. I think it was the Colorado game Mm -hmm. there. You know, some people were complaining, like he's not getting forward. Like just let him stay home. Okay. Just let him do whatever. But you know, this game, he was honestly trying to get forward a little bit which was hilarious and he scores the goal but yes i'm not gonna give him the man of the week i just wanted to <laughs> i haven't talked about him but uh good for him just being out there uh costa yeah sure you get it you get the five thousand dollar top golf gift card because you're this week's fcc man. man of 
like a week and uh much deserved so um but yeah kevin i got you here you're the ultimate yap out guy you became the face of yap out whether you wanted to or not because the pig doesn't have a face proof so you had to take all of that overall after this week you think uh you know we're not doing uh yap watch but for me it's kind of you know, other people will say we're insane for even talking about this, but it's kind of a net neutral. You had the high, you had the low. I mean, it's lazy to say a tie. Yeah. Same old, same old. But uh, you you seem a little more upset by yeah because you think somebody else would have would have brought would have brought it home. Uh, yeah, I mean, you think about like if uh, if even um, God Caleb Porter. Gosh, uh, if Caleb Porter was FCC's manager, right? Like, I don't think we lose that game. Um, is Caleb Porter a, 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 a top MLS coach, I guess. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I would turn up the heat a little bit after this game. Like you could see a bad loss to Montreal and, uh, yeah, I think you'll hear the, the, the yop out crowd get very loud at that point. So it's easy, um, it's easy to lose the good vibes when it yeah. doesn't come with, uh, you know, so what have you done for me lately? Okay. But I mean, I went into this like five game stretch from Colorado to Columbus. I had very low expectations. I wanted a win between uh one win out of either Colorado, Chicago, or Toronto, and one draw between Columbus and uh the other one, Houston. Mm. And we got two wins and two draws. Like the measuring stick I put out there, it he passed uh, with flying colors there. So, so you're moving the goalposts, is what you're saying? I'm not. I'm not moving the goalposts. <laughs> but that that loss that loss against Columbus left a really bad taste in my mouth. But I'm I'm not gonna be be screaming to to high heaven about it. I'm not gonna be writing a big yop out piece this Excuse week. Me, tie to Columbus. Well, it's. An emotional loss, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm not calling for his head uh, as as fervently. But if I found out he was fired, I would I would golf clap it at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I will say I had this. Didn't only talk about everything that I have written down, but uh, Zalarian, 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 yeah, whatever, yeah, fuck him, Zalarian, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zoltan. You know, I've seen him score two free kick goals in a game, and he's like, he's currently got the mantle as the free kick taker. He had at least two, maybe three free kicks from the, like, if you handed him the ball and said, put the ball anywhere for a, like a free kick outside the box, where would you put it? And he like got those spots. Yep. The fact he didn't score or get too close on any of them, I was like, Okay, maybe we do have this because all of them I thought were going in. Yeah, they were just like they couldn't have been in a better spot. And I was just imagining a flailing Vermeer. So uh, uh, he was off his free kick game, and that was good. To, good to see. He also had that one that hit off the crossbar and went almost straight down. <laughs> the cross. Don't want to lose sight of that. Was that when it was two one? I think. Yeah, it was two one, and uh, I, I honestly thought it was going to bounce off the back of Vermeer. That's where I thought. That's where yeah. I thought that ball was going. Uh, he also had a run late in the game. It might have been a tie game at that point where he beat the entire FCC team. He dribbled through the entire team, got to the end line, and uh, the pass was just – he ran out of space and it just went out of bounds for a, a goal kick. But 
he beat everybody, and that was terrifying. Yeah, I mean, one amazing player can really <laughs> we could do a lot with it. That's why I think we get so kind of upset that, um, you know, at Brenner, like if you can't ignore how much we paid for him. You're like, right. if he, you know, he cost less than Zellerion, but like if he was, if there was, a, you could associate, I don't know, Max won't like this, but if you associate a value for the amount spent on him, like if he was playing at that level, like Joseph Martinez first year for Atlanta United, it's like, yeah, we got a lot more, we got a lot more wins. It's like yeah. one, one player literally, especially if they're a goal scorer can make the difference. That's why even a man down, you're like, they still have, an extremely good shot because they've got a player like him. So yeah. be that for us, Brenner, please. <laughs> yeah, you could imagine, you know, add Zellerion to a good USL team and they might be able to take out a handful of MLS teams in the Open Cup. Uh, give the best USL team Brenner and I don't think he makes them better. <laughs> like, it sucks. It's, but <laughs> It's just uh, Rashawn. For, uh, <laughs> yeah. Memphis 908 or whatever the fuck it is. Um, I'll move him to I'll move Caleb Porter to Potpourri so we have something else to talk about in there. <laughs> Let's move right on. We talk about this game a lot. Uh, Potpourri. Potpourri. Uh, we should mention Kubo. He's now a designated player again. So good for Kubo. Give him in his give him his prize back. I don't know if <laughs> does it actually come if we buy down a DP with with Tam. You know, it doesn't change his salary, right? We're just no. paying for it with GAM or TAM, whatever it's, it is. So it's now it's just an accounting no, trick. So yeah. But he can feel more special because he's back amongst the elite. He was MLS's first Japanese designated player. I don't know if he is now back to being MLS's only Japanese designated player or <laughs> if we somebody in the league signed somebody else and he lost that designation because that'd be what's, a real bummer. Uh, what's up with uh, Japan? I used to be like any Japanese player come to a team in any sport in the US. It's like yeah. there's Japanese media. They've got fans just following this team just because he's on the team. Have you, have you, no. as if we felt anything? This is a guy who was on the Japanese national team. I don't feel like I felt anything Japanese when, related to Kubo being on this team. The only thing was when he first signed, uh, the Reds also had a Japanese player. And like, oh, you guys are friends. Yeah, right? it was like, isn't this neat? And that, that lasted for a day and then it was over. <laughs> he's not, I mean, he hasn't been the most, the sexiest player while he's here, but I mean, it it does seem kind of weird. It's just like I guess it's his personality. There's not much. Uh, yeah, he's very he's very quiet. But now you know he's fucking shit up now. He's like I, I wonder. Be- I wonder what Japan's midfield situation is for their national team if he can't play his way <laughs> into being a a defensive midfielder for Japan, or if he goes back to training camp and they're like, "What the fuck have you been doing in America?" Yeah, like, Sorry, we really need a winger, Kubo. So we have to leave you at home. You're just like. I've dishonored my nation. Uh, <laughs> so that's unfortunate for him. Uh, I, I can't, I'd be remiss. You mentioned him before, Caleb mm-hmm. Porter. It seems like a lie, but it's not like the, the shushing of the crowd and just like the shit talking that he does. I just really hate him. And I, I just feel like there's something, there's something shitty underneath the surface. I don't know if it's like, there'll be a, 
Cleveland, not Cleveland, like a Columbus dispatch report a few years from now, something will come out. It'll be this long report, this expose about Caleb Porter. I don't know what it's going to be about, but I just feel like there's something there. <laughs> there's something slimy about him. He's very, yep. he's like a penis with hair. There's something and just everything else just kind of adds to it. And then like, you know, he's shushing. We get it. You're a man yeah. down, but it's like they had a tie and he's just like fucking, he's like, oh, it's not because, you know, I'm not celebrating a tie. It's actually because of this. And it's like, I'm just, I, he's just, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because it's forced which like MLS has to love, like yeah, play up this rivalry that like Columbus fans don't actually believe in, right? But uh, there's something about him that you know maybe I you'd assume you'd love it if he's your coach, like yeah, our coach talks shit, you know, like that's that's really fun. Like what was it, Mike Petke? Was that the Real Salt yeah. Lake guy? Yep. And then he kept dropping like the uh, this the gay Spanish slur or whatever at yeah. a ref or something. And like, yeah. it's like, this isn't so fun anymore. Right. Is it? <laughs> I don't like so this. you don't want to be on that end of this. So like, you know, I'm not accusing him of anything, but like, <laughs> but it feels I don't want to right. Be, yeah. Like I'm not saying Caleb Porter is going to get me too'd or that there's something racial or anything like that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Okay. I don't know if he's poisoning school children, but I just, there's something about him. that feels like, when you get to the end of this rope, they can't. It's around the corner, and you're pulling on it, and eventually, you pull it in, and there's like a, I don't know, there's like a dick tied to a string, and you don't know what's <laughs> going on. That's Caleb Porter, but uh, is that just sour grapes? I just really don't enjoy. I really don't enjoy it. I don't know. I mean, I'm in some ways I'm happy he's there because it makes for a better rivalry when you fucking hate the other coach. Um, Louisville worked well with that. Uh, James O'Connor. He's got a little bit of that to him. Yeah, definitely a part of that uh, that rivalry. I think O'Connor was the one who made <clears> a comment about how uh, now McCabe needed a uh, like a tetanus shot or something after GB mm. pit him or something. It just play, playing real, real fast and loose with some uh, some racist uh, <laughs> themes. Um, Complained about the turf being too hot. Yeah, wore that ridiculous beekeeping outfit. Yeah, see, like <laughs> there's there's something there. Uh, with Caleb it feels like Porter. something Caleb Porter. Well, that's the sad part is we haven't had a chance. I mean, we beat them. I don't know if he did. He. I. I kind of want to go back. I wonder if there was an excuse when we beat mm. them uh, during the fanless Nippert game. Yeah. But he seems like someone who'd be like, you know, I can't complain. We did as best as we can do on that turf. You know, something like right. that. Like right. it's not right. our fault, kind of stuff. And uh, uh, you know, it? you get on these narrow fields and anything can happen. Right. 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 <laughs> um, I, I think it's worth pointing out again, you know, we, we talked about Columbus being out a bunch of guys. Uh, before the season kicked off, the a lot of the conversation, it, definitely from MLSsoccer.com, was that Columbus had one of the best teams ever assembled in yeah. MLS history. That this team was two starters deep in every position, blah, 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 blah. And... Uh, yeah, they're outside of the playoffs. They, uh, you know, they they use uh, missing what did we declare four starters as being this great hindrance to their team. Um, yeah, their expectations was that they were going to win Champions League, win MLS, and win the Open Cup. They were supposed to be the first American treble winners, and uh, yeah, no, that's not what we're getting. So yeah, if I'm Caleb Porter, I guess I'd be celebrating draws too because your your season has been. <laughs> Hot garbage yeah, compared they, to expectations. They always use the 
CONCACAF Champions League as an excuse to like, well, oh, they had that early on, so they're tired. They're, just, <laughs> they're never going to catch up. It's like us. We can never, we can never catch up. Like, well, their teams were already together for a year. So like, oh, great. So we're just, <laughs> it's literally impossible to right. ever be as good because they keep improving, but we'll never be able to catch up. Uh, do you see uh, Yap kind of, kind of, you know, lightly tripped his players under the bus a little oh. bit. He's talking about them playing on a yellow card and being afraid to make tackles or like get in there, which could very well be true, but I just thought that was kind of amusing. So he, he it's like he wants it out there like, hey, 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 guys, mm-hmm. I can't make the tackles for him, all right? <laughs> it's like, I'm telling him the right thing to do Stum, and what they choose to do. He does this every single post-game press conference. He makes a comment here or there that is – you know, it's not like the players didn't play well tonight, but it's always it's always right around that line of like, you know, uh, we didn't have the right mentality. And it's like, we, well, it's like, I think you're talking about the players there, and I think it's your job to give them that mentality. Um, and yeah, he's always, he's always flirting with blaming the players outright for, for the results. It seems like former great player thing that happens mm-hmm. where like they like, they wanted to be like I'm. I would have been better than these guys. So like they like <laughs> want to disconnect from like the bad play out there. Like hey, you know I would have made that tackle if I could. I would like him. I, I mean him face to face or face to, or Caleb Porter's top of his head to Yap's <laughs> chin. But like you know I'd like to see a nice sideline incident with Yap and one of these other MLS coaches. Like let's take advantage of having Yap Stom as our coach. Right. Like if we can't always do it with X's and O's, let's do it with uh I thought the we gyms were gonna get that this game because there were a couple of scuffles and Stom oh, rushed into the field for for one of them, got that yellow card. I was like, oh here it comes. He's gonna I mean Caleb Porter's picked fights with Bruce Arena, with Pep Guardiola in an all star game. Like <laughs> he's he's been known to pick fights with guys that are uh you know, considered his superiors. So, um. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the the most angry I've seen Yap in yeah. a game. And then you see it, and you're like, okay, yeah. And the fact he got a yellow card that I was, you know, this ref was mm-hmm. fucking insane. Um, my favorite thing to talk about. You see, there's a tweeted out picture of the oh. concourses after the game. Kevin. I was I was in that crowd. I was in that crowd. So concourse, concourse gate, I'd call it that, but you actually yes. can't find the gate to get Hey-o. off of the concourse. <laughs> um, so like I said, I brought my dad to the game. It's the first time he got to go to the stadium. So we got in there early. We we're checking out the stadium. And um, after the game, I was like, all right, it's your stadium. Where do you want to go? Like, Let's walk around. And uh, we, we snuck into the, uh, the suites area. And by snuck in, I mean there was a woman, God lover, and a, a older woman in a wheelchair was the ticket taker security <laughs> person for this. So Kevin I, just wheels her out of the way. <laughs> just walked right past her, right through the door. We're walking around uh, the Cincinnati area or whatever. We're walking around this club. Uh, we get on these steps. We're still checking this things out. I go back up the steps to to leave and uh, an usher stops me. He's like, oh, no, 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 you need a pass to get up there. And I was like, but I came from up there. How do I leave? And he tells me to go out towards the field so we had to walk out we're like i don't know two rows away from the actual grass of the field uh we walk up and around we get to the south side and 
like that photo is what we saw in front of us. Just a wall of people, a sea of people. There was no way out. Um, so we just we walked up and sat up in some seats for like twenty minutes and waited, Man. waited for it to to spread out. But that was brutal. It was not moving at all. It's uh like I am at mid midfield. So like if you walked walk in the stairs, you basically walk like the the big stairs, and then you yeah. walk right up to my seat. So we don't come in that exit, but this time where I was like, let's just go out this fucking way. Like it's okay, yeah. Yeah. and you can get out instantly it's so it couldn't be easier but like if you're close to the corners it just seems like you get totally fucked and um you know you immediately think the worst it was like what yeah. if like somebody set off a firework in the concourse Jeez. for some reason i was like yeah. it's just like that people crammed in panicked it's i don't i don't know it's probably like this at other stadiums but like a brand new stadium it's a little unfortunate and do you, is it something that's possible if there's somebody with, if there's enough people directing people, could they spread it out where it's not this fucking uh, sardine scenario? Yeah. Like, is there possible to push people in a way or is it just logistically everyone has to go out? So there were way? two things that I saw, maybe three things that could help. One is, and I, I didn't get close enough early enough to figure out if it was always this way. But it looked like they had closed off the corner under where the Columbus fans were and weren't letting people cut through, which is a huge issue because, yeah, that that west side gate, east side gate uh, towards Washington Park with the steps, like that is the fastest way out. And you were just not letting anybody on the south side go that way, Um, at least, you know, at a certain point. But then the signage to get out on the south side is just not there. So if I'm pretty sure there's another door there and it's not obvious and nobody was going through it. So I do think if there was somebody directing traffic there, that would help. They also need to come up with a solution to let people get out the west side gate through the club. Um, I understand the uh, the club seats are sacred territory, <laughs> um, as, as I learned. Um, <laughs> But there has to be a way to let people out that way, uh, or it's just always going to be an issue. Um, but yeah, behind the Bailey and then on that whole east side, that didn't feel like an issue after the game, but that south side really needs some work. And I thought, you know, it's like Joseph May. I, th- I feel like he hates when I'm always shitting on uh Because <laughs> he got out of the bathroom in and out. And I've, I've heard people have, you know, like, I went down and I came right back up and it wasn't a problem. There was also like some people saw a line for something and went around it to get to where they thought they were getting in line. But it turns out there was actually the line for where they were going. It was like yeah. so far away. It's like you don't even know. You just got to get in a line and hope it's going the place you want it to go. <laughs> and, you know. If it was just me shitting on it, you know, I don't, I don't get anything to drink. We we bring in the same. <laughs> Mayor brought the same right. cup again, so we got our <laughs> we got our. <laughs> she has to bring a blanket every time, so we got our uh, our uh, self serve drink. I don't drink beer, so it's not an issue for me. But I don't go down there. I just I, I hold in the pee. I hold in the pee if I gotta go. But it's clearly not just me because people are. You know, FCC fans, we love to complain, but I'm seeing a little. I'm, people are like, "Hey, man." This is like the first real test, like packed and with uh, away supporters. But, uh, you know, I don't know. 
hopefully it gets better. There's nowhere to go but up, honestly. Right. <laughs> it just seems like kind of an afterthought of uh, how people are actually going to move um, through all these places. But, uh, you know, good luck in the future of that. I hope there's no kind of great white concert incident or uh, yeah. Hillsboro part two in there. This will uh, n- it'll not be funny if I play this retroactively like and five died let's go listen to that klr episode he called it he knew it was gonna yeah it'll be used in some horrific espn documentary this (laughs) this conversation (laughs) man it'd be so easy Uh. they gotta fix this before people die Uh, anyways caleb porter looks like a penis Uh, but yeah um yeah next week like i said montreal never lost to we are the underdog but they've had a good run of form so i looked them up they are fourth in the east and eighth in the supporter shield race Uh, what a run for them they've snuck right on up the standings there so uh they should be a decent test but they got uh, any canadians in the uh i think gold cup I don't know. It's got to be one or two, right? You just don't know that off the top of your head? Come on. Unfortunately, uh, And they they just got rid of Eric Hurtado, so, I mean, they're totally screwed. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Is it Mihailovic? He's he's American, right? He's got it. I think he's on the Gold Cup roster, though. We're only up one nothing on Haiti right now, who are starting at their starting number 10, Derek Etienne. Look at that. I don't even know. What's his face? Jordi Mihailovic? He is... He's not in the... It's not the 18. What is it? He's not in the 20. Matthew Hope. Matthew Hoppy. Haven't heard that guy's name in a while. Uh, But what's your prediction? Why not? I predict... uh, It's a 1-1 draw. 1-1 draw. So more more hashtag yeah. stom whatever after that one, huh? Yeah, I uh, I always vote for what keeps us in purgatory longer, and uh, <laughs> a one nothing draw here keeps it going. There's some FCC people FCC people who just can't be happy. I guarantee, you know, I'll speak for Kevin like he's not here. I'm guarantee Kevin was happy after those goals. I'm just going to throw was, it out there. I was very happy. Look, I don't think Stom is so bad that I am rooting for him to lose so that firing him comes sooner. Like, I saw a lot of Toronto fans doing that during the uh, was it the DC United game. They were just like, pour it on, baby. Let's Apparently get this team, guy out of here. It appears the team was doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not... You know, I'm not that with Stump. I was just, you know, especially after that first, whatever we were at, six, seven games. Yeah. Um, I just I just felt like anybody we pull off the street is going to be better. Um, Stump can get better. Night camp can get better. People can improve, but I don't People want them. People can change. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want them to work out their issues with my team. They can work <laughs> out their issues in USL or another MLS team. I don't want them doing it with my team. So... Um, so yeah, no, I'm extremely happy and I want the team to win. Um, it's just, if I don't think the manager is good enough to manage FC Cincinnati, I am happy to say that. So this guy's bold. Um, (laughs) yeah, I'm, uh, I was lazy. Let's let's say, um, it just feels like if I say two, one, I'm like, I can't imagine holding on to that lead. (laughs) It's like, I have to predict more than two. I'll say two. Oh. Ooh. Brenner gets his first big boy goal. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my wishful expectations. And wouldn't that be nice 
I'm into it. Um, Kevin, you got any other? Let's yeah. Final thoughts. This is going to be the longest KLR of the year. For one, we talked about the game a lot. For two, it's too late for me to edit. And for three, you just can't stop the music. Got to keep it going. But what's Mm. uh? What's your chance? What's your final? What's your final thought for the week that was? Final thought: That Tifo was incredible. Um, I don't think you needed to know the reference to understand that that was a good Tifo. I'm too old for this shit. God bless. The Columbus Crew fans trying to talk shit about Tifos. Those, <laughs> Some those of the worst Tifos fighting, ever. Fighting a good fight. Uh, it's a it's a real <laughs> World War One battle. Dying in your trenches on that one. So, <laughs> God bless you. Uh, yeah, and I hate shitting on. I'm sure whoever like the poor poor bastard who is like trying to do Tifos for Columbus, and you know the best they can come up with is quite lame. It's like good for him for trying, yeah. but it's on them, their own fans to uh, realize that they're, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not putting out the greatest works of art to be like, Hey, you guys need to step up your game. And then meanwhile, it's like every time it's a white sheet with something on it. It's like, at least paint things in, you know, just for if once. You, if you zoom in on God, it was a, a Elton John 1973 album Yellow cover Road, that yeah. they were referencing that uh, they didn't do a great job of even nailing the uh, the reference work. But if you zoom in on that Tifo, you can see they did, in my opinion, an unforgivable sin of Tifo, which is the obviously painted white over where they had stepped but <laughs> left the rest of the fabric there was As a lot was. of splotches. Yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> Just Luckily, paint the whole big, thing white. Ours was big enough that uh, I put a fresh van size 11 footprint right in the middle of Gary. It was right <laughs> on the white. And it was, you know. And uh, someone's like, they're going to be able to see that. I was like, you're not. <laughs> and uh, luckily you couldn't. When you get big enough, mistakes yeah. like that get a little bit smaller. Uh, you thanked me earlier for the TIFO. Obviously, the real... The the biggest thanks I give is for uh, Andrew Springsteen, Absolutely. the man, the man behind every TIFO you've loved, for the most part in the recent history, and uh, Chris White. Usually, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. hashtag white out trying to get President of the Pride out of there, but uh, I know for a fact he did not want to be at that warehouse every night, <laughs> and he most definitely was, and you could kind of <laughs> see the look on his face, especially when someone suggested we try something new. He's just like. No, no, we just go, we just fight through. <laughs> and uh, Jeremy from DI for sewing it because I don't think any of us know how to sew, so can't leave him out true, true. without sewing. And uh, least valuable player, obviously, hope he listens to this, is definitely Max. Um, he's yeah. co hosted a few KLRs, you know, he does his work with the drummers, he, he's helped zip tie Gary to um, the mesh, but uh, going on vacation. When we needed him the most, you know, you're going to say, of course, he had this planned out weeks, months in advance. Simply no excuse. (laughs) Just no Mm -hmm. excuse. Every time I was like, you know what? Max would handle this. But this time, no. Us idiots had to do everything (laughs) that usually we just look to Max. I call him the dad of the pride. You know, you're just like, Max, can you can you go ahead and do this? Because everyone's looking around like, Max, you please handle this for us. Be, Be the dad we need. Yeah, now Springsteen uh, crushed it with this TIFO. Um, I thought it was I thought it was great. I was aware of the TV show, but had never seen it. And now the 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 TIFO landed for me absolutely. Um, a demon and, and Gary. What else do you fucking need? For yeah, I'm just confused. It's, it's our mascot fighting a monster or whatever. Like it doesn't think, even need a reference, right? <laughs> what what reference did it take it away from you? I don't know. 
but yeah, I like I like the guy. Uh, you should do references people know, and I don't know how many people under the age of thirty are familiar with uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. So, which is weird because they're not that the people don't really get the reference, but their phrase they used. Their <laughs> team is yellow. Yeah, but they wrote Goodbye Black and Gold road or something yeah i was like yellow's fucking right there <laughs> Goodbye, that's why you yellow picked it, right? and black road yes. yellow and black what road did, even uh, where, yeah, I don't know. what that was the part that fucking blew my mind i was like it's in the title and you made it make less sense like so, uh, so for someone who's really casual who might know that it's like goodbye like what is that referencing? If you saw Goodbye Yellow Brick, and you're like, oh okay, they're yeah. like, no, let's make this more <laughs> obscure for literally no benefit at all. But uh, that's what you get. And the and, then, uh, and the city depicted on the album cover is the Emerald City, which is Seattle's nickname. So I don't even Ooh. know why you would <laughs> flirt with that reference. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it had one of those times on Reddit where someone's like, no, actually, it is a really good idea, and here's why. And it's like that's always great. Yeah, <laughs> when you have to be like, no, 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 it's no, 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 it's actually really clever. Let me explain to you why it's clever. <laughs> That's why I didn't feel bad if people didn't get Samurai Jack because it's like, okay, just take it as what it is, and it right. still makes sense. For this one, it's like, no, let me explain the joke, and then you'll really start laughing. Uh, just take my word yeah. for it. Even the phrase "vanquish the demons," it wasn't like the you know, what is this a haiku? Line, a line from the show where you're like, oh, you have to know that Aku is the demon of the thing. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> hell is real, folks. Don't know what else to say. Hell is real. Come on. You know that. Um, all right, this Kevin, podcast. You, Jonah, get us out of here. How do you feel being on the long scale of the year? Jesus. I can't stop talking. Make it end. Uh, so for anyone's listening, I appreciate it. For anyone who bought a new Ope, I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Um, you know? Those of us involved in Super Content League, we mm-hmm. really do appreciate it. And uh, if you haven't gotten it yet, it should be there within a day or two. So, uh, Kevin, your final word, not your thought. It could be more than one word. Yop. <laughs> I really thought you were going to hit a yop out, so you left him a little <laughs> teaser there to be continued. Yop, whatever. All right. Uh, Amelia, what's Gootman? What's Cody Croppin? Um, God bless. Soobs, you better acknowledge me on the podcast, buddy, or I'm going to scream again, even though you don't live here and you probably won't be at the next game. Um, all right. If you have bad TIFO ideas, put them on uh, Bailey Facebook and uh, we'll be sure to ignore them. So until next time, God bless you, Kevin, for joining us. Um, Nick, Zach, Chad, until next time, God bless America. All right. Uh, I don't forget. How do I end this? Uh, goodbye. <laughs>